Good evening. It's 6 o'clock. Time for us to begin. Welcome to everyone. I will be leading singing uh, this evening. Chad Ward will have the first. It's Chad Ward, right? Or Chad Lo Which Chad? Chad will have the, uh, <laughs> whichever Chad has been assigned, will have the, uh, the first prayer and the, uh, the reading. And then uh, Steeler has the closing uh, prayer. David will be delivering the uh, lesson this evening. And if you will, let's stand and turn to number 666. I don't know if we sing this one here, but we're going to sing it tonight. Um, so bear with me if this is a new song for you. I think we have sung it here. All three verses. The spacious firmament on high with all the sky and spangled hands a shining frame their great original proclaim the unwearied sun from day to day does his creator's power display and publishes to every land the work of an almighty hand. Soon as the evening shades prevail, the moon takes up the wondrous tale, and nightly to listening earth repeats the story of her birth while all the stars that round her burn and all the planets in their turn confirm the tidings as they roll and spread truth from pole to pole. What though in solemn silence all move round this truth to rest of all? What though no real voice nor sound amid Orbs be found in reason's ear, they all rejoice and utter forth a glorious voice forever singing as they shine. The hand that made us. was new to some of us, wasn't it? Next song's number 355, 355, after which we'll have our opening prayer and the reading. <clears throat> Sing all four verses. Jesus, meek and gentle, 
Dave has asked me to read from Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Jeremiah 2, 2. Go and proclaim in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth, the love of your betrothals, you are following after me in the wilderness through a land not sown. Will you pray with me? Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves. We bow before you, Father, giving you all the praise. Father, we're thankful for, for the love that you grant to us, Father, for your creation knowing that all good things come from you. Father, we ask your blessing upon the rest of our day, the time that we gather here together. Father, I ask your blessing upon Dave and, and, and the time that he spent in preparation for our lesson. Father, I ask your blessing upon so many who have been able to, unable to attend here today. Father, you know their needs, their concerns. Father, we ask your blessing upon blessing upon Roger and, and Charlie and, and Jennifer Baker and Jimmy Wilgus and Father, so many others who, who are in need of your healing hand, Father. We ask your blessing upon each of them. Father, bless our elders. Watch over them as they 
lead us as they make decisions that are important to our group here. Father, I'm thankful for the gift of your son and forgive us for our sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Song of Imitation is number 587. Pretty sure you know that one. You may not know this one either. 541, Prince of Peace, Control My Will. Let's be standing again while we sing. Maybe this is just new song night. <clears throat> Prince of peace, control my will, bid this struggling heart be still, bid my fears and doubting cease, hush my Good evening, church family. <clears throat> Back in South Carolina, when I used to attend church at Sanders Road Church of Christ, we used to have our life groups done by age. This wasn't random. It was you had a certain age, and that's how we did our life groups. And in South Carolina, there was this young couple that started visiting, and we got to know the wife because they had a daughter about the same age as Katie, but we didn't know him. We didn't know the husband, but we got to know him. He was a businessman. He was a salesperson. He owned his own business. He was quite successful, and we were all about the same age. 
several couples became friends with them. Not only did we not go to church with them, but we also ate dinner with them, played games together. We had all had a good time together. Over a period of time, after going to church at Sanders Road, he made the decision to become a Christian. He confessed his faith into Christ and was baptized into Christ. And I'll never forget the conversation we had the very next day. I remember where I was. I remember what restaurant we ate at. I mean, he was so excited. So excited. I mean, he was a businessman. He was a salesman. He was highly driven. He was that type A-A-A-A-A-A personality. I mean, all of a sudden he's saying, David, you know what? We need to do this. David, we know we need to do that. We need to bring as many people as we can to get to know Christ. As we sat there, I did my very best to encourage him. But not long after we left the restaurant that evening, after lunch, I called a mutual friend of ours. I said, you know, I just got finished talking to, I said his name, and we need to calm him down. He calmed down. I mean, for a while he was pretty much on fire. Nothing could stop him from sharing God's word and the gospel. But then later on, he came, became pretty much like the rest of us. Today, his wife and his children live in another state, and he's married to somebody else. And I doubt he even goes to church anymore. I tell you this story because the other day in class, we were reading Revelations, the beginning of the year. We went to Revelations chapter 2. And if you will, turn your Bibles to Revelations chapter 2. Now, we all know that the book of Revelations is the climax of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's something that we can all look forward to when he comes again. But in this particular chapter, in the opening paragraph, it's called the first of the seven letters sent to the churches. Now, we're not going to study this in very much detail, but I want us to glance at it for a moment. I want to make a couple of brief observations while I get from it and how it can apply to me and also to you. And it starts off, to the angels of the church of Ephesus write. Now, Ephesus was the church that Paul had written to. But if you have a red-letter Bible... If you have a red-letter Bible, these are Jesus' words. So you better pay attention. Listen to what he says. Because what he's saying is important. He wants you to notice that. He says, Who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who has walked in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, then get this, this is what he says, I know 
your deeds. I mean, that sounds like a pretty faithful church, doesn't it? I mean, if Jesus right now could do an assessment of Rome Church of Christ, if he could write us a letter, what do you think he would say about us? You you think Jesus would say the same thing about us? I know your deeds. Saying that I'm familiar with you. I'm familiar with the work that you do here at Rome. Your perseverance. But listen to what else he says here. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you tested those who claim to be apostles. And you have found them liars. And you have preserved and have endured hardships for my name. And you have not grown weary. I mean, this sounds like an A-plus church, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong here when you read about this church. But I'm sure some of you have already read on. And yet Jesus says, yet I hold this against you. What? I mean, look at this list. I mean, Jesus is saying, you know, very first that you're faithful, that you're pure, you're sincere, you're committed. You don't grow weary. You don't give up. You work hard. I mean, that's the kind of church that we want to be, am I right? That's what we want to look, look like to our community. That's what we want to look like towards each other. But he says... I have something against you. What could that be? Jesus says, you have forsaken the love that you had at first. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Please forgive me, but this evening I thought about playing over to speakers, the Righteous Brothers, you've lost that love and feeling, so I'm going to sing it to you. I'm joking, I am not going to sing that to you. But it's a song that we're all familiar with. If you've seen Top Gun, or you just grew up listening to the song, but we all know the lyrics of that song. It says, you've lost that loving feeling. I get down on my knees and beg to see if we can bring back that loving feeling. It's hard not to sing that when you're saying the words to it. But Jesus is saying that exact same thing to Ephesus here. My friend, who had just divorced, who had just had his eyes opened to the fact that Jesus was a One whose body was represented on the cross for you and for me. That Jesus, he died for us, for him. That Jesus didn't come down to this earth. He didn't have to come down to this earth. That Jesus didn't have to 
come down to this earth to spend his, to give his life for you and for me. He could have spent eternity with the Father in heaven. But you and I know, and he knew as well, He came down to this earth and he lived and died a sinner's death. So that way my friend could be totally forgiven for his sins when he first became a Christian. Like a lot of people, and then you realize that you're lost. We were all once there. We once knew we were lost, but then we were found. You and I were once dead, but now we're alive. And God wants us to celebrate, just like he wanted the prodigal son to celebrate. But don't we find ourselves not getting excited anymore? Don't we find ourselves sometimes just taking it all for granted? And he goes on to say, this is the key focus here. He says, repeat and do all the things you did first. If you do not repent... I will come to you and remove your lampstands from its place. Here's what he means by that. He's saying that he's going to cut off your power. No, he's not talking about AEP Ohio power. What he's saying is that, you know what, the lights are going to be on, but no one's going to be home. You may go through the motions, but you're really not a real church. You may continue to have service. Your auditorium may be filled. You may do all the things that a church is supposed to do. But he's saying to you, you're not not who you think you are. He says, I'm going to remove your lampstands. I'm going to remove the opportunity. I'm going to remove the opportunity where you can make a difference within your community. I'm going to remove the opportunity that where you can make a difference in the world. He is saying that you need to get down on your knees and that we need to repent and beg and ask God to help us change in our lives. But not only do we need to repent, we also need to repeat. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you did at first. Coming across revelations in this story that day, hit me like a truck, made me remember my friend. And the conversations we had, 
Think about the conversations you've had over the years. How was your attitude? Were you excited about church? Did you show enthusiasm about where you go? Or was it just a simple that you go through the motion and say, yeah, I go to Rome Church of Christ. I mean, because I understand. I understand. Because we see things as a church that, you know, everything has to be so decent and and done in order. And we have to be careful on what we say and what we do, and we can't get too excited. Maybe a little excited, but not too excited. You know, it kind of reminds me of when me and Mandy first started dating. It was a February, a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I guess we're celebrating our 25th anniversary in November and we were high school sweethearts so several years ago. And me and Mandy, we were both worked at the same mall. I worked at a music store, and she worked at a clothing store, and they were right next door to each other. And one day she came in to ask for a CD. Now, for those kids who don't know what CDs are, they're a little round disc, silver, a lot of cars still have them, but um, I still remember today what CD that was. It was Mr. Big for us of the 80s, um, Mr. Big CD. And we began talking and um, flirting with each other a little bit, and we found out that we both went to the same high school, and one day I needed a ride home. I was a pole vaulter, so I was on the track team. I needed a ride home from track practice. So I asked her. And she batted her eyes at me and said, Oh, I would love to give you a ride, you big stud muffin. That's how I remember it. I mean, she, she was all googly eyed at me. And, and so she gave me her... So she said, you know, yeah, that's fine. I'll give you a ride home. Besides, you know, I've got to take my sister and drop her off at the high school basketball game that evening. So I get into her car, and she's driving a silver Plymouth Champ, small little car. And before we even get out of the parking lot, her mom pulls up. Not thinking anything about it, but her mom pulls up. And Mandy's going, duck, duck, duck. (laughs) And I'm sitting in her seats looking all confused. Why she's telling me to duck. And she introduces me to her mom as I'm slowly ducking down in her plastic vinyl seats. And I kind of do that awkward way, you know, that awkward way like, you know, it's not like a fool, you know, it's just half. I kind of do this awkward wave. And I say hey to her mom, and she says, yeah, this is David, I'm taking him home after track practice, he lives right down the road. Now I'm really confused. 
because I did not live right down the road. I lived probably about 20 to 25 minutes from the school, and that was taking the interstate. I used my grandfather's address to go to the school that I went to because it was a better school. And Mandy was too scared to drive on interstates because her car probably went 35 miles an hour. So it was going to take us even longer than that for her to take me home. So I don't know where she was getting, you know, that she'd be right back. But the reason why she was telling me to duck is because she told her mom that she was going to the game and not taking me home. Busted. Still remember that day like it was yesterday. But that's my side of the story. You can ask her what her side is. But, uh, but you know, that's, you know, we all talk about confessions. You know, there's some confessions we tell, and there's some confessions that we don't tell. Like, this one I probably should not tell. This just happened recently. I got in bed, and I was under the covers, and I was already ready for bed, and I kind of hear Mandy come into the bedroom and get ready for bed, and she gets under the covers, and she goes, Honey, I left my ice water in the den. Can you get up and go get that for me? And I pretended I was asleep. Can you believe that? I mean, inexcusable. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all may laugh about that, but guess what? We're just going through the motions. God says, hey, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the time in your life when you couldn't get enough prayer." I want you to think about the time in your life where you couldn't get enough worship. I want you to think about the time when you could not get enough excitement. Can I get real for a moment? I mean, dangerously real for a moment. One of the most exciting church services I've ever been to and still is. And I'll always remember is the last day of camp. I'll always remember last day of camp, church service. On last day of camp, the entire amphitheater is full of jam-packed full of these kids and adults. In the first half, the kids are there singing their hearts out. I mean, until they can't even speak anymore. Their throats are so sore. They're begging for cough drops. And, there's, and we're all singing songs, and there are some kids there that have never been to camp before, and they've learned the songs, and they're singing their hearts out too. It's an amazing experience. Now, 
Maybe you're not familiar with camp. But it's a lot different than your typical Sunday morning and Sunday evening worship service. Because it's full of energy. It's full of excitement. Because they've been to camp. I mean, I I cannot put it into words. What it's like, you just have to be there. There's a reason why our kids look forward to it every year. There's a reason why us adults look forward to going to it every single year. But I once heard somebody tell me, and I don't know who it was, but they either got it from second-hand or third-hand knowledge that they said that so-and-so did not like going to camp because they didn't like the way they worshipped. Because it wasn't their kind of church service. I don't have a clue in who they're talking about. But what could be more exciting than kids getting excited about God? Now, have you ever walked the streets, especially this Valentine's Day? Walk the streets and you might be with your wife and and you see a couple off in a distance. And they're all so lovey-dovey. And... They're showing maybe just a little too much PDA that it offends you. And you just want to shout at them. You just want to say, hey, get off of her. Keep your hands to yourself. Stop acting like that. Have you ever noticed that before? Have you ever noticed the time when you do not notice it? Did you notice that when you were dating your spouse? It's because you are so focused on that person that you are with. That's all the only person you could think about. Just you too. It's only offensive when you realize that maybe subconsciously you realize that what they are demonstrating it's something that really reflects a deficiency in your own life. Oh, look, honey, they're holding hands. Oh, he's opening the door for her. Oh, he's got his arm around her. Aren't they so sweet? Look at them. They can't even take their eyes off of each other. So what? But you know what? When you are so engrossed with that person you're supposed to be engrossed with, you don't even notice things like that. 
you may decide to say, hey, you know what, maybe I need to do that better in my own life. You know, sometimes when we see someone so excited about worship that it might be offensive to us, it's because we have a deficiency in our own lives. Just think about it. If you are totally engrossed with God, and if you are totally engrossed with that, he is the one who saved us, that set us free. He's the one that has our entire attention. We don't care what anybody else says around us. What we need to do is start dating God again. I've realized there's all, all kinds of things I could say about this, but we, I know we don't have time. This is my last sermon, went over an hour. But you know what I don't want to happen? You know what I don't want God to do? I don't want God to pull his plug from us. I don't want him to pull his plug from this church or any church. I mean, he said to Ephesians church, you know what, you're doing so many great things. There's so many good things you're doing. But he's saying, you don't love me like you used to. He's saying you're just going through the motions. says, I want you to repeat the things you did at first. I want to be your first and only love. Not just something you check off a box, saying that you are here Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday, saying that I fulfilled my duty, I pray, I pray that we won't grow stale. I pray that we won't grow tired. I pray that our relationship with God will continue on growing and that we'll never come to an end. I pray that it's new every single morning and it's fresh for you. So exciting for us is to experience God. That should be our excitement. We get to experience his worship. We get to experience his singing. We get to experience his glory. It's not going through the motions. It's something we should be excited about. Now this evening we're going to sing an invitation song. Rick has chosen. I pray that we can get excited again. I pray that we, our community, can see our excitement. Now, maybe 
you've lost that excitement in your, in your life. You've lost that love and feeling that you've had. And you need the prayers of the congregation to help strengthen you spiritually. Let us do that for you. We would be more than happy to pray for you. Or maybe this evening you want to become a Christian. You've made that decision. It's one of the best decisions you'll ever make your entire life. The one day to spend eternity with God. And that's the only way you can get to heaven is baptism through him. Why don't you make that decision this evening as we stand and sing. Good evening. Thanks, David. Uh, just some reminders on activities that are coming up. Uh, this evening, the game night that was scheduled has been canceled. There'll be a elders, an elders and deacons meeting right after services. Uh, this Tuesday, February the 21st, the Young at Heart will meet here at the building at 1030. And also just a reminder that uh, if you're planning on bringing snacks for the uh, group that's going to CYC next weekend, if you could bring those by Wednesday, that would be appreciated. Uh, life group two, this is Gary's life group, will be meeting March the 5th after evening services for a fellowship and planning session. 
and uh, if you'll bring finger foods and drinks for that. And also, just a reminder, I put this on your calendar, that the men's retreat will be March 17th and 18th out at Howes Mill. Uh, as far as the prayer list, uh, let's continue to pray for Jimmy Wilgus. He's going to Columbus this Thursday for a consult at Ohio State. And uh, also just Jennifer Baker, Terry Leap, Amber Spitzer, those that we've been praying for. Also, Vicki Smith is having surgery this week, and her address is um, hanging up in the, uh, on the bulletin board out in the foyer. And just, uh, if you would, just make sure you grab a room journal on your way out and just pray for all those that are on the prayer list as well as uh, let's keep our shut-ins um, in our prayers as well. That is all the announcements that I have. If you have not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, you can leave and do so at this time. It's uh, prepared through that door in the conference room, and we'll have one more song and be dismissed in prayer. 586. Softly now the Please pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and everything you've given us. Thank you, for, thank you for allowing us to come together and sing praises to you and learn more about you. Thank you for allowing us to come together and fellowship with one another. And please continue to um, bless the shut-ins and those who are sick in our prayer list. And please help us to uh, ignite the fire back within us again, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.